Hello, free spirits, and welcome to A Free Spirit Radio. I am your host, Efrata Shafarao, and I will be taking you onto this journey of health, wellness, and wholeness. I have created this platform to engage in critical conversations surrounding topics related to the health of our mind, body, and spirit. If you're interested in learning new ways to improve your daily life and live this life being the best version of yourself, you have come to the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, free spirits, to the second episode of A Free Spirit Radio. I am your host, Efrata Shafarao, and I am joined today by the sweet and beautiful... Mary Kruazi. Hey! Okay, listen. This is my bitch, all right? This is my ride or die. And today, we are here to talk about beauty standards, mm-hmm. self-esteem, and its consequences on our mental health. Woo. woo. <laughs> Just woo. You know, it's a, it's a very... It's a loaded topic, I will say that. And, um, you know, we're not professionals. We're not mental health professionals. So, you know, everything that we talk about in this podcast is just through our experience of dealing with the standardized beauty that we live in currently and its effects on our personal mental health and how we kind of work through that. And so I hope you guys can resonate with our experience or learn something from our experience, but definitely we are not professionals. And, you know, I can't tell you how to better your situation as far as self-esteem, but I can tell you what works for me and, you know, go from there. And y'all can tell us what works for you. Maybe y'all could tell us. Yeah, maybe y'all can tell. Maybe y'all got it figured out because I definitely do not. (laughs) At 22, the best I have is, like, Love yourself? Uh, (laughs) Question mark? Uh, Self-care? Self-care. Maybe, like, blind narcissism? Mm, Yeah. Like, like extreme insecurity? Just, like, (laughs) back and forth. Just, like, I'm the baddest bitch on the earth. No, literally, I will wake up, and I'll look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, damn, you're a baddie. Your man is lucky to be with you. But then, deep down, I'm just like, why you look like that today? You really chose, you really woke up and chose violence. What's wrong with you? Your face. My acne is choosing violence. (laughs) Bro, I'm so upset. I had clear skin for so long and I was like, I have clear skin. Finally, I'm glowing. I'm happy. And that's the whole thing with beauty is like, I need to stop holding on to like one thing to be like, this is all of my self-worth. Like my clear skin, you know, the fupa is there. The fupa is present. Yes. But I got a fat ass. And that's that. (laughs) That's that. That really, that brings me to my first question, honestly. Like, what, what is beauty? What is the definition of beauty? Is there a definition of beauty? I think, like, a lot of people operate on, like, beauty being, because there's so many categories for looks. Cuteness, like, being pretty, being stunning, being sexy, all of those things. And I think beauty is one of those that people tend to think is more about an inner beauty mm-hmm. that like radiates outside of like into your your face and your features and your body and your energy and your body like all your movements yeah i don't know i always thought beauty was 
I always thought about it in the standardized way. And it's crazy because I didn't start thinking that way until I came to America. Because mm. um, I was about seven when I came here, and that's when I felt like my looks were not meeting the standard. You know what I mean? But before then, before I came here, like I never questioned what is beauty. I never saw somebody and was like, oh, they, they aren't beautiful, or this person is beautiful. Like, I never had that thought process until I came here, which is so interesting. Yeah, I feel like with me, that has always been a thing. Like, my mom's side just, even my dad's side, my dad's side is from Ghana, my mom's side is Texas and Philadelphia. Mm. Um, but, like, my aunt and my mom have always had, like, a kind of critical way of looking at people or my dad is very critical of how like certain colors look on people and mm. they're both more so critical my mom is a little more free-spirited with it yeah. but my aunt is is someone who has a very um specific like beauty standard mm -hmm. and that is a common thing i think in the black community of just like this is a respectable way of looking beautiful where you're not showing too much or showing too little but I think that plus America's Next Top Model plus <laughs> everything on TV, I was like, oh, her nose is too big. Yeah. That was like so many little things about faces I was like so obsessed over. I was like, I'm ugly, but I have eyelashes that curl up. <laughs> you bitches got these like fingers. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. So like you think like your family like situation is what kind of taught you beauty standards and like media as well mm -hmm. yeah I mean, also it was like a maturity thing when i was younger mm. like because i would act more mature and sit up with good posture it was like oh she is so beautiful of course yeah. for like a dark-skinned girl which now i'm like i don't even think i am considered dark that's all a whole thing the, in itself, yeah but that's just because even you had the same experience oh yeah dark. mary we've had conversations about this so long what did I think I was the majority of my life? This woman thought she was dark-skinned. I thought I was dark-skinned. Like, I thought I was considered dark-skinned. And you know, <laughs> and right now it makes me laugh so much because it's ridiculous. Like, like I'm not even brown-skinned, let alone dark-skinned. But the reason for that is because, like, in my church community, so, like, here's a little context. So my oldest brother and my oldest sister are both very light-skinned just like my dad and me and at who's also my older brother we're a tad bit darker than they are when i mean a tad bit i truly mean a tad bit darker than they are where our complexion matches my mom's more and so growing up like the church community they would always be like oh, barrio, like the black one, and like always make me feel like I'm different than my family. And they would always like praise my like lighter skinned siblings. They'd be like, oh, Afumia is so beautiful and mm. her hair texture is mm. so loose and this and this and that. And then they would look at me and be like, barrio, which I, I'm pretty sure actually means slave in translation because that's what they called slaves back then. But 
yeah it's ridiculous like they really installed that in me to the point where I genuinely thought I was dark-skinned for the longest time until I got to college and like some people had to really sit me down and be like hey <laughs> you were like I want to have these deep chocolate children yeah all this and that and then I was like how <laughs> with because honestly this woman here if I thought is like I feel like after people, when, like, people are blackfishing and they put that filter on, you're that skin color. Yeah. Maybe they're darker. Yeah. But that's, yeah, it's in your mind, like, very much so. Because now I'm, like, at a point where many people are, like, you're, like, not dark at all. Yeah. And that was such, an, like, an integral part of my identity, being, like, considered so dark-skinned and being, like, you're dark-skinned, you're, like, look like your dad, you look like an African, all of that stuff for so long. And then being like, I'm happy to be dark skinned. Yeah. And then people being like, you're not dark skinned. It's, it's a mind fuck. Like it's a mind fuck. You know what I mean? Like people are like, no, you have privilege being how light you are. And I was like, I have privilege. I've been getting bullied by adults about how dark I am. And you're telling me I have privilege because I'm light? It was, like, really, like, a very confusing time for oh, me. Because we're, like, we're kids. Yeah. Like, I was not, I wasn't in college to be like, oh, actually colorism and this and this and this and intersectional feminine. Like, I was not. Yeah. I was looking at TV where they were being like, yeah, you have a very African nose and your lips and this and all these little parts of your face, like, being broken down into like are you eurocentrically attractive yeah or are you not yeah and if if you weren't then you were me <laughs> and that was or but minus thing was like my whole family's like but you have a little button nose and mm. i used to that was like the thing so focused for me it was like oh i have a cute nose at least and even having full lips that was not a good thing no but now but now people are getting injections and it's it's a crazy world that we live in. The mindfuck of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So with that being said, do you think beauty is objective or subjective? It is subjective, like, in reality and, like, the whatever, whatever. Like, we're getting into, like, wow, I'm so <laughs> elevated in my thinking. But... Not elevated <laughs> in my thinking. Mary... <laughs> Okay, low-key, I'm also, like, that kind of girl. Like, I'm a shea butter, pussy-ass bitch. But <laughs> I'm saying, like, there is a very objective standard of beauty. Where it's like, of course, we can look at people with, inter like, interesting features. And we can identify that as beautiful mm -hmm. now. And those things are now becoming beautiful. Like, right now, like, people having things that are considered abnormal features are, are becoming more and more beautiful because they're unique. Yeah. But, like that's now objectively beauty has been one thing kate middleton what's her face with the perfect they were like she has the most perfect face in the world jesus christ like we know what beauty is supposed to look like yeah and it excludes us but it does exclude but it's uh, at the end of the day it's a construct yeah. like it's not it's not real it's literally made up so i don't know it's hard to answer whether it's subjective or objective like there's obviously objective standards, but 
in reality, if you truly look at it, beauty is subjective. Like, no one person is going to be attracted to the same thing, Mm -hmm. like, across the board. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But at the same time, in society, we like have different standards over time Mm -hmm. they shift Mm -hmm. they do but we have beauty standards that make it objective like if you don't fit into those standards then you're not considered beautiful and for a long time it's interesting because we've had this conversation before which is the main reason why I wanted you in this episode Mm -hmm. because we had an in-depth conversation about like pretty privilege and whether we have it or not and for a long time you're like no Ifrata you have you have pretty privilege and I was like what the fuck are you talking about because I'm sitting here with all my insecurities Mm -hmm. and all my body dysmorphias and and you're telling me I have privilege and I'm like I don't get it like because I don't I've never sat here and been like I'm pretty yeah now I do yeah and it's learned. But it's learned. Yeah. But for a long time, I couldn't look at myself and say I'm pretty. Like, there's, especially because now I see why I have pretty privilege, because being East African, you're automatically put onto this pedestal because you have Eurocentric features, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're exotic. You're exotic, you know? Like, you're a goddess, mm-hmm. and you're this, and you're that. And it's sick. It's yeah. really sickening, honestly. Yeah. And But I have come to understand that because I have more Eurocentric features that I do kind of fit into those standards of beauty, Which right? Which is an absurd thing to say because... Literally, you are African. You come from the heart of Africa, the birthplace of civilization. Literally. So, the fact that there's been like, uh, like, like Eurocentric features have been like controlled, and now they belong to European people. Mm-hmm. It's like you have had these features for as long as ever. Men have existed on and Earth. It's always yeah, and that has been the staple of how you look. That's like culturally, we all have different looks, but suddenly these specific features have been identified like as almost like like currency like, yeah because pretty privilege is low-key currency it is currency that's what makes beauty so objective because like you can almost buy things with pretty like with, when you're pretty like yeah. without using money without using anything else you get treated so differently and yeah. I, I feel the difference like i yeah. felt the difference like very obviously even just the way I dress on certain days. Mm-hmm. Like, one day I'll be like, I want to look really edgy and maybe more androgynous. And I'll get treated very differently. Yeah. Or if I'm like, I want to look really sexy, doors will open for me. Yeah. Like, even, you know, when we go out to clubs and stuff like that, when do we ever buy ourselves drinks? That's, yeah. When do we ever do that? You don't have to. Yeah. Oh, we want to come into the section? But if I came dressed as I normally do, don't have, like, a sex appeal, it's not... It's not happening. It's not happening. Which... And the thing is, even that happening in itself has been such an absurd thing for me because I've always felt like I don't even fit into that. Obviously, now I'm realizing that I do fit into some beauty standards. Yeah. And even me saying some is, like, me still processing and trying to understand, like, I do fit into some of that. Yeah. But having that treatment is so jarring being at like anywhere it's so it's so little 
going to get food from 7-Eleven or like a, a bodega yeah it's fine ha- take it for free yeah like there's and it's not even all the time like in a sexual way or like a reciprocal way like they want something back people just are kinder to people that they think are attractive it's real it's real you can feel it yeah yeah a lot of people who have lost weight like both of us have lost weight yeah and we you know the difference oh my god yeah like i remember so i've had several quote-unquote glow-ups right so freshman year i was a little chubby i had i had i had some meat on my bone and i was very 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 insecure about that and so going into sophomore year, um, I, I had an eating disorder. So I literally, at first it started with going vegan. And I was telling everybody that it's for health reasons and stuff like that. But ultimately, it was so that I can lose weight. But turning vegan turned very negative very fast where it was like I was drinking tea all day and that was the only thing I would consume for on top of that mental health on top of that I'm bipolar depressed and like anxiety is literally causing you to throw up everything you eat yeah and you're not eating anything yeah and so I was extremely anorexic and bulimic and it panned out. You know why? Because I was getting attention. I was getting the attention that I want from men. People were noticing that I was losing weight and they were glorifying me for it. And they didn't even know half of it. But I was telling them, yeah, I've been hitting the gym. I've been doing this. Whole time I was anorexic. I wasn't eating a single calorie a day. And it's like, it's insane. It's insane how much these standards affect us. Like, people lose their lives over this. Like, it's dangerous games that mm-hmm. we're playing. You know what I mean? Like, it's dangerous games that we're playing. Yeah. I mean, and it's just because of the, like, right now of everything, of social media and everything. Right now, I need to fit into this regardless of how that affects me in 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Right now, I need to lose weight. I need to do this diet. I don't care how it affects me because my everyday life is affected by this already. Yeah. So yeah. whatever happens to me down the line, I don't I don't know what's going to happen if I even make it. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely... And similarly, I lost all of my weight because of the anxiety and depression Yeah. during the pandemic. Exactly. I was working out, but from working out, I lost, like, 10 pounds. And then I don't even know when it happened. One day I was just like, I'm like 143. Yeah, I remember just because we hadn't seen each other like all of quarantine. And then I saw you and I was just like, who is that? Who is that? Mind you, I'm five foot six, like five foot six and a half. Yeah. Like me saying like, oh, my goal weight is this. You were like, that's my goal weight to be healthy. Literally, I was so confused. I was just like, Mary, like. And I can recognize it because I've had, I'd gone through it myself too. Mm-hmm. And, and I think ultimately a lot of people have eating disorders. And don't realize it. And so don't many. even realize it. Yeah. It's like, they'll be like, oh, I'm just going to skip lunch today. I'm going to lose the calories. Or, you know, or they like excessively work out or, 
or just things like that or they're very adamant about eating particular things like there's so many signs of like eating disorders and like people don't recognize it a lot of people are like no i'm just healthy but meanwhile i'll talk i know i have an eating disorder and i'll talk to people who are like oh i just work out and i'm like i'll say like when i look at foods i see numbers i see calorie numbers i see that many ounces is approximately this much calories i need to get this limit that's this much like carbohydrates i'm eating too many carbohydrates in a day why yeah like and the thing is because i have anxiety i'm obsessing over it so if i overeat now i'm like i feel gross i feel disgusting i feel like sad that doesn't make me want to do things me not doing things makes me fall into like a slump that just makes things worse yeah it's crazy mary like sophomore year of high school i used to watch those uh transformation videos Uh, from like a person who was uh who had anorexia and like got healthy and i would watch those and it would give me incentive to actually not eat because i was just like if they were able to get that skinny so can i Mm. and which is so weird because now like so much has changed in my life that now I'm like trying to gain weight because what are the standards now? Fat ass, big titties, curvy body. And now I'm like trying to compensate for that. And I'm like eating as much as I can. I'm like, you know, my meds make me gain weight and I'm so happy. That's the thing, yeah. And it's just like, how did I go from literally being like skin and bone and like trying to be as skinny as possible? And now within a few years, now the standards are so different and I'm trying to catch up with that too. It's tiring. Yeah. It's, and that's the thing is like, I'll, like I want to say like radical self-acceptance, but that's hard. It's like saying like, go to therapy eat right it's like yeah of course in theory i want to do all that yeah every day that's like chipped away i can't have radical self-acceptance if i'm being treated differently based off this this that and the third yeah and already being like black women oh let's not we didn't even get into that we leave that's not even that's like a pandora this is listen like that's a whole different conversation about people literally like traumatizing us because of our blackness like going to a private school that was predominantly white oh my god like the archetypal black girl that is attractive like that you if you're not if you're not a yar shahidi then why are are you here yeah what's what go like especially at du it was like if you're not like a petite slender girl you're not gonna get attention at all like, unless there's something, like, exotic or something about you, then maybe some people will be, like, the guy that's, like, oh, yeah, I'm open to whatever. Yeah. That sexualization comes into the picture, too. Yeah. And I felt, like, when I got to college, I realized that I fit into a lot of beauty, like, the, the beauty standards because I had long hair that was like down my back. I was light skin. Mm-hmm. I I had a small nose and you know like all of this and like I realized like white men would fetishize me. Mm-hmm. And you know the specific white man I'm talking about. <laughs> but like 
they would really fetishize me and they would and they would be like oh my god like you know like in middle school people would be like you're so pretty for a black girl Mm -hmm. just like the same vibe but like not saying it outwardly like but it made me feel that way Mm -hmm. like like i'm a token black person because you were on campus you're the one in your class and when you're the one in your class and suddenly like people start like giving you attention it's like this doesn't feel like normal yeah it doesn't feel normal that like these men are treating me this way yeah like at the school where they literally have nothing in common with me nothing it it was such a weird time and it that, was yeah. such a weird time that do you in retrospect i'm like oh my god living back home i'm like that whole thing fucked with my self-esteem so much yeah and it's like oh i'm finding myself i'm dressing like more like scandalously i'm showing more skin even though i'm not necessarily confident with my body but even the act of doing that in itself wasn't making me feel better yeah and i don't know what does make you feel better i don't know i really don't know like i'm telling you like people people's perspective of you is so different like to me, like, you are gorgeous, right? And to you, I'm literally so pretty mm-hmm. and this and that. But we've had a conversation where, when we're both like, I don't know what you see. No, yeah. That was the whole, I remember the conversation. Yeah. That was, like, the groundbreaking of, like, I wish I could see what you saw. Yeah. I wish I could look at myself and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. But we don't. And, like, a lot of people, like, it's not like people call me ugly. Mm -hmm. It's not that people affirm me so much all of the time. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, I have this way of thinking that I've convinced myself it's logic. I'm like, there are prettier people out there in the world, and that's fine. And Mm -hmm. I'm at a certain level of prettiness, Mm -hmm. and that's where I stand, and that's okay. But it's like, what kind of thought process is that? And that's, like, the most evolved that I can get to at the moment. That's literally where I'm at. Like, it's just, like, beauty is objective, whether or not I want it to be. It's objective in different spaces and different cultures. And so within those different spaces, I know where I rank. That's what or I am, too. Like, I, I've literally been like, there are people who exist that are more beautiful than I am, and that's okay. And I like where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. No, I don't like where I'm at. I wish I could be as pretty as them, but I'm, but telling, myself. I'm telling myself that I'm okay where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's such a fucked up way of thinking of things. Yeah. But it's like, that's the only way I can, like, not be insecure every day. Yeah. Is by saying, it's just like saying, like, oh, Mary's better at math than I am. And that's okay. And I'm better at other things. Yeah. I'm better at writing. And, and it's like, I don't want to think like that. I don't want to either. Because that's the same thinking that got us into all of this, like, self-esteem, body dysmorphia. is like, I'm still comparing myself to everybody even if it's like okay I'm happy with where I'm at I just don't want to think like that and social media just makes you like consumed and like you need it like yeah. even if you're getting complimented by everyone if you post and you don't get as many compliments it's like oh yeah damn what, what did I do that's different yeah it's really crazy so do you think like over time your perspective on beauty 
like has changed or absolutely how so okay this is very vulnerable for me to share um when i was in middle school and some of high school i was really attracted to white men (sighs) that's a lot that's let's end the podcast (laughs) let's end the podcast here cut (laughs) cut that was a really big thing and like it was just because i had developed this insecurity around like in the black community of like i'm darker skinned i'm not attractive and i would see on television and and stuff i would see white men fetishizing darker skinned women and being with them so i was like oh okay that's that's where i go i they don't want me i'm going this way Mm. and so like junior senior year i like, I was always attracted to black men, but I just never allowed myself to feel it because the rejection hurt so badly that I was like, nah, I don't want them. Like, that's, I'm not even looking for that right now. Yeah. Where, like, now that, like, more people are attracted to me, it's like, oh, yeah. Now that I have access to those people, I'm, like, more secure in what I'm attracted to because I don't feel like the rejection will hurt my ego. Yeah. But, yeah. that So, from that period of, like, really liking white men and having all of these insecurities, I wanted to have mixed kids. Oh my god. I wanted to have mixed children that were lighter than me, that had looser curl texture than me, and all this stuff. I remember being so obsessed, like, freshman year of high school. Yeah. Because I was getting, like, you're dark, you you have all these African features, you have big lips, you have Jay-Z lips, all this, that, and the third. Yeah. And I was like, I just want my kids to not be like that. I was yeah. like, I want to be named Mary Miller, I want to be American, I don't want to be connected to Africa or anything. Yeah. And now, like, that to me is like such a beautiful feature in people that I see. Yeah. Like when I see people that are African, like all the features that I was ashamed of, like now I'm so proud to have them and share them with those people. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Growth. Growth, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think for me, so when I was little, like my mom always told me that I was drawn to dark, darker skinned people. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so weird like people like kids would find somebody scary because they're like darker Mm -hmm. and I would be in love with them like in love I like black everything dark everything and I was happy about the color I was Mm -hmm. I was genuinely happy I never thought about it and then I came to America and then the bullying happened and the you're pretty for a black girl. Mm. Oh, you should straighten your hair. Oh, you should do this. And all of that played in, and I was just, like, very, very much insecure. And I think the turning point for me had to be, and it's very recent. You would be surprised. It's very recent. The turning point for me was when I shaved my head. Yeah. It was a major turning point for me because I've held on to my hair for a long time. So like it became a part of my personality. It was like, oh, a fratel with all the hair, with the gorgeous long hair. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, you feel good when you have something that people want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when I had like my really crazy psychotic episode like before quarantine ended and I shaved my hair at first I felt empty Mm -hmm. I felt so empty Mm -hmm. I was like what are you now 
like what do you have to offer like my head just seemed big mm. there was patches in my hair because mm -hmm. it, it was just shaved and I felt so small and I was just like you know like you're never gonna be that bitch ever again you're never gonna be that bitch and mm. like I just felt very empty and then turns out I was still a bad bitch and I and the thing is I didn't believe it but like it like taught me to love other parts of myself mm -hmm. right it taught me to focus on my face mm -hmm. and truly appreciate the way God made me mm -hmm. and it it kind of lifted that dependency on my hair like mm -hmm. it just took that away and I f started to feel free mm -hmm. you know I felt free like fuck if I can do this if I can let go of this one thing that I've been holding on to for so long then I can do anything and I was pulling most of the niggas that I've ever pulled in my life with my bald head bro honest that's what I'm saying like Dyeing my hair at the beginning of this year? Honestly, dye your hair. Dye your hair, shave it off. Primary color, something. Yeah, do <laughs> it. orange, pink, like whatever, do something. Listen, my hair is blue and Mary's hair is bright orange because because we're mentally ill. Yeah. But, yeah, we, like low-key, it's a sign. When I see people, I'm like, <laughs> I know. I know. When I see other people with colored hair, I'm like, I know what you're going through. You're a baddie and you're free because you're suffering. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this is the most attractive I've been like, tr like treated or people have seen me is with orange hair. Yeah. And now I'm beginning to become too dependent on my hair. I'm mm. being like, this is a part of my identity where I'm like, when I had dark hair, I was so regular. Now I'm like, I just want to dye my hair orange every three weeks. Maybe you need to go bald just like me, bro. I'm telling you, that changed my life. It changed my life. It really put things into perspective for me. Yeah. Like, it really showed me that I am more than my looks. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a whole human being that has so much to offer to this world. Like, why would I confine myself to fucking hair literally hair like there are so many greater things in this world our consciousness oh, literally our spirituality our peace being involved in all the stuff we've been involved in on campus yeah it's like i have so much more value than this yeah yeah and the friendship like but that's the thing i'm like i know all of that but i've been like the funny goofy friend for so long and i'm like i want to be the pretty friend for a little bit i want to fit in with the pretty girls it's so fucked up. It's really fucked. It's really fucked. It's us, yeah. How do we get that out of our heads? Like, I'm telling you, like, when I feel like somebody's prettier than me, I'm intimidated. Mm. And I hate that about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why? Why can't you just appreciate that that person is beautiful without feeling like you're in competition with them? Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's it. <laughs> like, why can't we just be like, yes, that person is beautiful, but it has nothing to do with you and your beauty. Mm -hmm. But it's never that way, is it? It, it always, and that's the, like, narcissistic thing, like, the narcissistic, like, 
insecurity and obsession is like I keep turning other people's beauty into like I wish I like oh I should have gotten my nails done like oh I should do this or like I wish I was as bold to dye my eyebrows like or bleach them it's like I just you become so obsessed with how that turns into you and how you can turn into that and like luckily I'm too broke for to buy anything <laughs> to like pay for like a, a BBL because you know right now it's like you know I'm like my little sister's probably gonna have the body type I have yeah like I uh what's her name Nella Rose she said like a very similar thing like she was like I was gonna get a BBL but like my sister is gonna be shaped like I'm shaped yeah and I don't want to show her that I'm ashamed of how I'm shaped like I want her to see self-love through me yeah and I'm like yeah 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 that's what I like with my little sisters like I ever since they learned how to speak all I tell them is like black is beautiful Mm -hmm. your hair is beautiful this and this and that especially my youngest sister Mm -hmm. Soliana because she has like 4a 4b hair she's darker skinned Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people in the church community to to my mother have said "Ooh, like are you sure this one is yours Ooh, like exactly but literally looks exactly like me and so like the things that i was dealing with when i was younger Mm -hmm. was gonna be the same things that she was gonna be dealing with now but i made sure i was just like you know what if it means that Soliana is no longer allowed to go to church because of this, then guess what's not going to happen? She's not going to go to church because I refuse for her to be a part of toxic-ass communities that make us feel so small Mm -hmm. and that install, like, traumatic insecurities in us. Yeah, that you literally hold for the rest of your life. Literally. That's like, oh, when I was five, someone said that, and I've always thought that on myself. Yeah. She doesn't deserve that. She's literally the most happy, peaceful like independent yeah like girl so yeah like, why would that one of like that's gonna disturb that disrupts it that exactly in a sense of like i feel good yeah because when you're a kid you you low-key like until it's ruined like you feel good you're like my family loves me my drawings always make it onto the fridge literally and like when i was younger i just remember being so outspoken i mm-hmm. was i was the light of everybody's life i was so enthusiastic mm-hmm. and i'm like i wish i still had that yeah but in the back of my head now, like, I tell myself, like, Efrata, you're so sexy. You're a bad bitch. You're a hot girl. And in the back of my head, I'm like, get a BBL. Like, damn. And the thing is, like, I don't even think I'd be satisfied then. No. I don't think that would cure. I might be happy for, like, a little bit. Yeah. But I have other insecurities. So. Yeah. You will always find something. Yeah, my, my toes are short. What am I going to do about that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just got to get over it. Honestly, for me, it's like I just need to get over it. I can't afford that. And even if I did, it's like I have other things that are really important that I should be focused on. Maybe someday when I'm like a millionaire, if, you know, capitalism, we're not, fuck, fuck the rich, fuck the rich, all that. <laughs> but, like, maybe then it'd be like, huh, I've always wanted to do this. But really, I want to get to the point for me where I'm just content. And having a boyfriend is like that validation. I get that validation every time, every time, yeah. all the time. That's been a very amazing thing for me too. Mm-hmm. Is like being having a partner is very affirming. Like 
knowing that that person is attracted to you and only you, mm-hmm. it just it's a great feeling. But beyond that, like we can't rely on no. somebody else no. to affirm us. You know what I mean? We just keep misplacing the like. Mm, I'm gonna affirm myself. Wait, you can affirm me? Okay, here, here you go. Literally, but that's it's our responsibility yeah. to affirm ourselves. Yeah. But the question is how. How do we get that? I know the answer is Mm self-love. We know that. It's obvious. But what the fuck is self-love? How do you get there? How many books do you have to read? How many documentaries? (sighs) Bro, I've done it all. I've read it all. I'm still at loss. And the thing is, I've seen you read it, and then I don't like reading books. No one judge me. Don't come for me. (laughs) I like hearing summaries of books that are amazing, and then I take that summary, and I'm like, wow. That, in turn, changed me. And then I have this whole, like, groundbreaking, like, I'm a new person, and then I'm back to where I was. Uh, Yeah. So it's just, like, is this a lifelong battle? Mm. Like, because it's not like this social construct is going to be dismantled anytime soon. It just changes into different forms. And ages long? This is literally the best that, like... This is our prime year. This is our prime. In the beauty, like, in, like traditional beauty standards yeah this youth no wrinkles all this once we're older what use are we that's that's what's gonna happen so we literally need to learn to love ourselves now now immediately immediately now Mm -hmm. because we're we will lose our minds like we already have mental health issues just I lost my mind. like a, a, a foundation of mental health issues we can't add to that lord we can't add to that Literally, we can't if nothing was wrong with my life i would still be unwell exactly so the fact that i'm finding all these little things to like focus on i'm more unwell so who has the answers mary and not no one and I hope you guys didn't come onto this podcast <laughs> thinking you were going to find the answers here. Yeah. Hell no, because we have no idea. But what has helped you in the process of learning to love yourself? I think low-key Pinterest. <laughs> okay, like, that's interesting. Pinterest in that, like, seeing an aesthetic and me thinking for a long time like oh i'm not built to wear those clothes like those clothes aren't like made for me Mm -hmm. which in many times like clothes are made to fit skinnier people yeah but wearing the outfit and being like i like how i look in this like i feel confident in this outfit as an outfit in itself yeah and just like playing with my wardrobe playing with like androgyny like all of those things make me feel a lot more confident and i think they allow me to like actually find out what I think is beautiful within me Mm. without like other people and all these other influences like me saying I like that I like that I like this and then creating an image of what I want to be like in my head yeah that has made me like at least feel like I'm creating my own kind of standard for myself that's the most important part I feel like for me I have a certain standard for myself like when I step out of the house, I want to dress a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's the standard I have for myself. So that when I do do that, I feel good. I feel good about myself because today I woke up and I put on this bomb-ass outfit. And is like, that is such that a That is, part. honey, <laughs> girl, 
I think we can't even hit every part of this topic. We, we can't. And honestly, we're coming to the end of this podcast, and we have yet to, like, f- you know, figure this out. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the point. Yeah. Maybe it's just that we all have to learn to love ourselves individually and there's nothing anybody can say or do to mm-hmm. try to make you love yourself yeah there's no book that there you know there's habits you can do mm-hmm. and there's certain things you can do like affirming yourself every morning doing meditation mm-hmm. that is for affirmation and you can you know change your wardrobe learn how to do your makeup learn you know and you can like place value in other parts of your life so that it's like exactly i can do all of these things but i also can like organize for activism or i also can like help children and like it's like not that you have to be like Mother Teresa. Yeah. But, like, finding something that makes you happy, even if it's, like, I can knit a whole shirt by yeah. myself. It's like, yeah. you have value in so many other places that they don't let society tell you that, like, as a feminine-presenting person, that is that is you and what you are. It's yeah. just your looks. Yeah. It's crazy. And, like, we haven't even hit the topic of, like, how beauty standards are different for men and women and... <sighs> and people who like identify different ways and like non-binary non bro that we didn't even i'm sorry for not having the inclusion but this is just from our experience yeah this this was only from our experience but there are so many different conversations that need to be had of like you know just the entire beauty standard and forcing people to think that they have to look a certain way and it's just it's a really overwhelming conversation and I really hope that our confusion helped you understand that it's it's not only you. Yeah. We're all confused <laughs> and we're all looking for the answers. Mm-hmm. But you know, um my website is actually coming out soon and when it does, I am planning to add some resources um for people to look over in order to help with self-love and self-esteem and um it's a frata verified articles so you know like it's gonna be it's gonna be bomb like i will do the research for you guys and we will work through this together but for now we're gonna leave you confused and we're confused um but we will figure this out together together through through this podcast through this podcast through each other yeah yeah we will figure it out but thank you so much you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed and i will see you in two weeks bye, bye. thank you so much for listening to a free spirit radio the next episode will be coming out in two weeks and i will be posting more information on my instagram so make sure to follow the a free spirit radio page Thank you again for tuning in and I will see you.